At SAP, our purpose is to help the world run better and improve people's lives with sustainability at the core. And today's episode regarding SAP's commitment to sustainability, a commitment that can be seen in initiatives like the Sustainability Marketplace, exemplifies just that. As always, my name is Akshi Mola and I'm a Senior Business Development Specialist at SAP S4HANA Solution Management and Go-To-Market and you're listening to SAP Experts Podcast. My guest today is none other than Mr. Circular Economy himself, EJ Kosek. EJ is the co-founder of the Sustainability Marketplace, which is a cross-industry trading platform for the circular economy, enabling multi-party collaboration through our sourcing, procurement, and supply planning engines. EJ has been with SAP over seven years now, spending five years as a project manager for global deployments, living and implementing SAP solutions in China, Japan, Brazil, Mexico, and Russia. And most recently, working the last three years as a senior solution advisor for some of our most strategic customers. EJ and his co-founder Bram Pernot identify themselves as environmental technologists. More on that on this episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, EJ. I'm so excited to have you here with us on SAP Experts Podcast. So during the introduction, I just called you Mr. Circular Economy, as well as an environmental technologist. So before we get into those uh, titles, first and foremost, who is EJ? And after you tell me that, uh, after you tell me about the person behind these labels, what exactly is an environmental technologist supposed to be? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Akshi. It's incredible opportunity to just be here and, and just speak on circular economy. And, and just to have this conversation uh, shows how much investment and attention SAP is putting into this. Uh, so who is EJ? That's a, that's a really good long-winded question, right? Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm from small town Ohio, um, I grew up uh, from very humble beginnings, a, a you know close knit family, and um, over the you know eighteen years of growing up, I just you know always learned you know the important things of family, work ethic, and community, etc. Um, in my early twenties, I had an awesome opportunity to work for SAP, and my first job was actually um, based in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, from there. Um, I, I lived in Los Angeles, built procurement and supply chain solutions for SAP and had an incredible opportunity to work with um, and move to and live to uh, uh, live in uh, Japan, China, Brazil, Mexico to implement our solutions for our customers to solve really challenging problems, right? Um, especially when you consider some of those countries and, and the regulations that take place. Um, and then in the last three years, uh, I've been working as a solution engineer for SAP's procurement and supply chain solutions. And um, about three years ago, you know, my job is to take problems that um, customers are having today and build solutions mm-hmm. to solve these problems. Uh, and I was sitting in an airport about three years ago today, um, or around this exact month, and I and about to go see a big customer that we were working with on their supply chain and procurement transformation. And I'd look up at the TV screen 
um, in the airport and I see that this customer that I'm about to go see just made a bold statement mm. that they were going to have 100% recycled materials in their products by 2024. And I was just sitting there like, hmm, it's very interesting because I'm about, I've been in design workshops with you for weeks. I'm about to go on site and work with you in a, in a few hours here. Right. You've never mentioned this to me. Um, so I got on site and I asked them, I said, you know, how do you plan to achieve such a massive goal? And I was shocked to hear they didn't really know where to start or how to do it. Wow. And they said their marketing got ahead of their skis, right? Um, and so they said, I don't know how to do it. And my response was just, I know how to do it. <laughs> so over the last three years, right, we've taken that customer example and we've expanded out to our entire, you know, customer portfolio at SAP and starting to look at different industries and how we can really push that forward. And, you know, over the last three years, the sustainability marketplace was born from there. Um, and my co-founder, Bram Pernat, uh, absolutely brilliant mind, uh, uh, the most brilliant developer and, and mind I've ever met. Uh, we've, we've built on this concept of environmental technologists and why is that, well, you know, why bring those two words together? And it's interesting because if you look in the history, the past, you know, 20, 30 years, environmentalists and technologists do not get along. And in, in uh -uh. fact, they're enemies, right? right. They, they really clash. Um, and now we're at a point in a, a crucial point for our planet. And we really are. And truly the only thing that can solve these environmental problems is technology. Hmm. So we need to bring those two worlds together, right? To right. really solve these problems. Um, so that's, that's where the term came up. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, EJ, I learned something about you today because I did not know that you grew up in the Midwest because my undergrad mm -hmm. was in Iowa State and Iowa, oh, cool. Ohio, Idaho, sometimes people mix all of those up as if it's one big blob. So that's one thing I learned <laughs> about you today. Yeah. And where I have known you from is uh, literally what you just said, that uh, your experience as an intelligence spend management solution consultant, mm. that that's where we have collaborated in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you shared a very, very interesting story professionally, how you came here uh, and how the sustainability marketplace was born. But is there anything personally that motivates you towards this cause? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, uh, even get chills thinking about it. Uh, I don't have any children. I have a nephew, mm. uh, cutest little kid you'll oh. ever see. And I, I just... I want to leave the world a better place for him than when I came into it. I truly do. And, you know, my fiance and I, we don't have children yet, but we aspire to. And that's all I really can think about is improving the planet for them. Because, yeah. you know, when you look at where we're at right now, the trajectory is scary. And um, to me, family is everything um, and community is everything. And, uh, uh, the future generations mean a lot to me as well, you know, as we, as I continue to mentor kids in whatever space that is, um, building a, a better future is really all I care about as uh, no, and, wow. and uh, yeah, that's, that's well, really it. But that's, that's really beautiful. And it reminded me of a proverb I once read uh, during my high school days, which was that we do not inherit this earth from our ancestors. We're actually borrowing it from our children. So what you just mm. said, I think that beautifully summed it up. But mm. these things have been said, like, 
I am a 90s kid. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have been hearing this throughout my childhood, right? SAP has also done campaigns. So let me ask you, sustainability marketplace, why now? And detractors might say that, oh, okay, well, this is just another marketing campaign. Mm. So what is so special about this time? And how does this compare to other campaigns that have happened over the last few decades? Yeah, yeah, fantastic question. And, you know, when I first started building this out, um, I would work with colleagues and even my family. My, My dad was deep in this in the 90s as well. And they all had concerns about this of, oh, it's another greenwashing campaign, right? And when you look back over the decades, there was brilliant marketing to make right. it seem like stuff was being done. And it, it actually wasn't, right? That recycling logo, when you look deep into it, it's very sad, mm-hmm. actually, what, what it, it pretends to represent at times. Um, so why now? Great question. And right. when you look at it, there's four big drivers right now. Um, and we'll start at the lowest level, not the lowest level, but um, I guess uh, uh, building up, you'll, you'll see. Uh, so consumers. Consumers today, based off of an, a study done by NYU last year, consumers are buying more sustainable products and they're willing to pay a premium to buy these sustainable products. Um, myself and my fiance included, I mean, we will go out of our way to find the most environmentally conscious uh, uh, product, right? And I mean, you said we're 90s babies, right? We're millennials right. and we, 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 make, we, we start making these conscious decisions. Um, so let's go from consumers up to uh, workforce. And I like to call it internal activism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see, especially with millennials and Gen Z enter the workforce, we're starting to see that they are demanding that their companies be held responsible and, and move more towards a um, uh, earth-friendly business process or uh, uh, really live up to the marketing that we're, you know, companies have put out. And if they're not, you've seen, and I won't say any specific names, but you've seen walkouts um, right. from particular employees, right? They're demanding it. And that workforce, those generations are only going to keep increasing in, for all of these companies. So let's take it up another level. Investors and stakeholders behind these corporations, right? So there are these massive ESG funds that back these these corporations. And these investors and stakeholders are demanding action to be made Mm -hmm. and and KPIs to be met. So, you know, uh, that that funding perspective really has an impact on companies at a, a much more you know, higher level than just employees asking for change and consumers asking for um, uh, more sustainable products. Um, but let's go to the highest level, the most, in, the most essential to move to a circular economy is uh, governments are beginning to act. And when you look in Europe, uh, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, Europe blows my mind at how um, sustainably responsible they are and how much everyone seems to shift towards these models as they come up and these announcements are made. So extended extended producer responsibility fees, um, meaning um, producers of specific products or packaging are held responsible now and fined if there's, say, 100% virgin plastic in that material. Um, Carbon taxes are being implemented for these uh, uh, different um, uh, companies as well. And then you go down the line, there's there's all of these right. different costs, disposal costs, et cetera, that are being associated to these businesses. So now money is starting to be affected. And 
companies are coming and asking us how we can help them reduce these costs and find different revenue streams. Mm. So, you know, that is the most, that is the perfect model for moving towards a more uh, circular economy. And it, it really required requires and, and is re- required governments to act. And so just like we saw with GDPR in mm-hmm. Europe, right? GDPR was a uh, security uh, uh, regulation set. And from there, corporations that operate on a global scale started applying these regulations to all of their business processes across the entire world. So I anticipate that this will be the same thing where just like GDPR, these corporations will start to push out these regulations for um, uh, their um, supply chains and value uh, value chains across the world. Uh, So four main impacts, four main areas, major movers that are making this more than just another sustainability campaign. Wonderful. So it starts from individuals and it goes all the way up to corporations, spreading it across the globe. Um, Beautifully summed up, AJ. But you use the term often, and I call you Mr. Circular Economy. So what exactly (laughs) is the circular economy? Yeah, so uh, please don't uh, give me the title Mr. Circular (laughs) Economy. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. But um, uh, so the circular economy is a validated business model. Um, it's been in play, um, being built out and, and um, proposed uh, for many years now. Uh, and what it does is, um, based off of a study that the Ellen MacArthur Foundation um, proposed for the circular economy, is that it can generate an estimated $4.5 trillion in new economic and business opportunity. Uh, so first off, <laughs> huge opportunity there. Um, the circular economy is a way to help remove waste from our typical systems that we see today. Like when you think about it, nature, waste never existed in nature. It's not a natural thing. Us humans, we have created waste, right? If a tree falls in the forest, it decomposes and gets consumed by the earth. If a um, a bird or something like that, uh, you know, falls into the ground, right? We we don't have to get too more. I'm going to uh, start singing. It's a circle of life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it, it really is. So, but when when a plastic bottle gets thrown right. into the um, uh, forest, right, or the ocean, the Earth doesn't consume that. That is a man-made problem, and it requires a man-made solution to fix it. Um, so now we think of this, right? We see our landfills continuing to accumulate, and when you actually look at what's inside those landfills there is value, whether it is a plastic bottle or whether it is electronics, fashion, or I'm sorry, textiles, food waste, every single thing in that landfill can be reused and sold as product even. Um, I mean, when you tear apart a, so for instance, um, let's talk about electronic waste. There's 56 million uh, tons of electronic waste accumulated year over year. Um, 17% of that is recycled. Okay. When you take that piece of that's not recycled, that 83%, uh, and you pull out all of the gold and silver and copper and platinum in those electronics, that accumulates to $56 billion of potential, uh, uh or, or a value, $56 wow. billion in value when you're pulling all that out. And that is the GDP of Croatia and Costa Rica, right? Right Right there. So you think about it, we don't have to 
build these massive machines and mine into the ground to pull gold and, and all of these um, different materials. Uh, they're in the landfills right now. Right. And we can, and I envision if we don't do this now in 30 years or way more than 30 years, sorry, that's a bad estimation. In, in many years though, we are going to start mining the landfills because we've extracted all of the resources from the ground. So the circular economy helps bring us to zero waste um, mm. uh, in, in, in theory of, you know, being an economic business model, right? Saying you can sell your waste um, and you can re uh, create revenue from that. Some automotive companies and high-tech companies have been doing it for many years. And the, the um, research shows that they have brought in much more revenue streams. So okay. circular economy is a business imperative. It is an economic model that is validated, it just happens to also bring companies to zero waste and reduce carbon emissions and increase their social impact. Wow. So gold from landfills. Wonderful. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when, and when you think of plastic, right, what is right. plastic? It's oil. It's processed exactly. oil that doesn't have to be extracted from the ground. Right. Uh, so a plastic bottle I no longer see as trash. I see a dollar or I see processed oil that can just be grinded down to a pellet yeah. form and sold as a cheaper feedstock than having to extract that oil from the ground. Yeah. And speaking of being 90s babies, you know, we used to see reduce, reuse, recycle. And this is actually bringing it into perspective, making it real. Mm. So that is wonderful mm. to hear. And speaking of that, you know, uh, you spoke of how, you know, individuals can make an impact and how companies and organizations can make an impact. So let's talk about SAP. How can mm. we lead the sustainability initiative and how can we help scale it most importantly? Uh, you know, mm. we empower our customers in procurement and supply chain and everything. So how can we empower our customers to be sustainable, intelligent enterprises? And perhaps you yeah. could share some examples where we have done so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so great question. And three years ago when I started seeing this problem and wanting to help build a solution for it, I tried to take a step back from an unbiased perspective and say, okay, where is the area that can help push this forward the most? And, and truly took a step back and said, where, where can we, where, where can I help influence this concept? Um, and the answer was right under my nose. SAP is truly the centerpiece of mm. all business transactions. 77% of the world's business transactions hit an SAP system. Some of the, uh, the largest CPG cu customers, we have the largest CPG um, customer base out of all of our competitors in the world. High tech, uh, government, um, fashion, retail, et cetera. We cover a massive customer base and we bring together this whole ecosystem of uh, different manufacturers to really bring the whole supply chain into perspective, the whole value chain into perspective through our software solutions. And then there's the business network, which you know, I, and obviously this yes. is where I work. So the business network is the largest network in the world. There's 4 million suppliers on the SAP business network today. If you saw on Sapphire last week, or at least to our viewers, because um, I know you did, Akshi, um, we made a massive announcement on the future of the business network, bringing together right. logistics business network, um, the asset intelligence network, and the um, uh, 
artist formerly known as the Ariba Network, uh, yes. bringing all that together, right, um, into one collaborative community um, that now is really going to help empower all and, and connect all of these companies. Um, and for the circular economy, it's not just buyers and sellers. It's going to require certifiers, waste collectors, right. local governments, NGOs, manufacturers. There's a lot of people or companies and people that need to come together to make this a reality. And the only solution for this is the business network, uh, hmm. the SAP business network and SAP's suite of solutions. Definitely. And where better to start than the uh, world's largest B2B network? So mm, definitely. Exactly. And so let us talk about sustainability marketplace because, you know, the SAP business network that already exists. So is the marketplace, is this something, is it a different uh, product or is it a different service? Uh, is it something outside of intelligence spend management? Um, and or are we leveraging what already exists? So tell me more about that. Yeah, so what we, so you know my background and I've spoke about it. Um, what we wanted to do was enable our current customers to have an extension to alternative sources of supply. Right. Um, today, right, you're in contracts with the same manufacturer, supplier over the last 30, 20 years, right? And you're buying the same things. Um, and then say your company just put out this massive sustainability initiative to have 100% recycled materials or products, um, uh, materials in your products or packaging by 2024. Well, now you need to find alternative sources of supply. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Well, now you can reach out into the sustainability network, connecting to your procurement or your backend SAP systems. And now you have the ability to connect to millions of suppliers around the world who have these certified validated materials that now you can bring into your product designs or into your um, uh, procurement and supply chain processes uh, to really empower now a more circular economy focus. So um, to answer your question and summarize that, you have the ability to extend out from your current existing solutions today to find alternative sources of supply within our marketplace, hmm. powered by the business network, which gives you the capability to access all of these different suppliers and certifiers around the world. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that sounds huge, and that's the best way I can uh, <laughs> explain it, right? And even when I used to, or even now, when I think about environmental topics, I'm like, okay, I want to save the oceans. I want to save the rainforest. I want to do this and that. It's really vast. So are there any particular areas that you're focused on right now or that you're starting with right now? Yeah, um, as you said, very vast. Um, it's inspiring to see just how much innovation is coming through across all industries. Right. Um, specifically right now, Plastics, packaging, and high-tech uh, or asset reuse, I guess, even ex expanding outside of high-tech, are the key areas of focus right now. But there are there is so, so much, much coming, so much coming. Uh, I mean, we we have our initial you know waves of what we're focusing on for um, at least the product release. But in the background, I'm really excited about some There's of a the lot other happening. stuff that we're working. So much innovation. It is. Oh, it's awesome. I have to keep a notebook by my bed now because I don't bring my any electronics into the bedroom. 
Um, because I, I'll have all these calls and then I'll go to bed and my head will just be spinning on all the brilliance right. that I just heard. So just need to write down everything in the notebook. And then, you know, I, I wake up excited every morning to talk to more people. I mean, just today, so, you know, from governments to green startups to, um, uh, just innovative customers that want to push the needle forward. It's, it's really, really exciting. So yeah, let's talk about that. You said all this brilliance that you keep hearing from all these different sources. So who are you partnering with? And, or perhaps I could say, who is in your circular ecosystem? Mm, good question. We can't reveal too much as mm. um, uh, we, you will be hearing more in the future from a <laughs> customer perspective. Um, I can say at least one, uh, two partners that, that we're working with. One is Green Token. Um, Green Token is an absolutely brilliant company um, that is partnered with SAP um, through our, our incubation hub. Uh, and what they do is they're able to track all the way to the source of the material. And then it's more of a sustainable accounting first mile um, uh, source of supply. So now when you get to the point of ordering materials on the marketplace, you have the validations that Green Token provides um, all the way back to the source and you're able to track and certify all of those materials. So track and trace of materials is really um, uh, the, the future for the circular economy. Um, I won't use any particular words, but if you're in the technology space today or you're paying attention to... right. Anything from a, a new tech perspective, let's say. Uh, personally, um, crypto is extremely exciting. There's a whole lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we internally are focusing on blockchain and not all the, you know, all of that, uh, all of the excitement in the social media world. Um, uh, but I personally believe in the power of blockchain to track and trace materials and suppliers. Um, And if we want to see the material flows through multiple life cycles, uh, I think it is absolutely essential to uh, bring blockchain into the equation for the circular economy. Uh, so, so green token—that's what they work on. They're absolutely brilliant, um, and and they utilize the uh, tokenization. Another partner is uh, Rural Sourcing Management, and um, we are currently doing projects in Ghana right now with Dow Chemical and Coca-Cola, where there are waste collectors that are collecting all of this waste, um, all of these plastics Mm. within Ghana. Um, And now we have enabled them on a platform to be able to sell their waste um, uh, through this partnership, through this collaboration. Uh, The third partner I just want to point out is Reaply an absolutely brilliant company. Their CEO is so forward thinking and and incredible. Uh, And what they focus on is asset transfers. Um, So, you know, let's say right now I have an iPad that I am ashamed to admit I bought through SAP and I have not used it as much as I should. I think it's because I'm not traveling as much because usually... Usually the customers, I can let them interact on the iPad and and use our software that way. However, let's say you, Akshi, are looking to purchase a new iPad uh, and you need a new iPad. You want a new iPad for graphic design or something Hmm. specific. You can now purchase that through me, through a a secondary marketplace, through an intercompany transfer. And we can sort of just have that cost center transfer right from me to you and I can sell it. So kind of taking that Facebook marketplace idea to the business world. Uh, Reaply is brilliant. I love, I love that company. I love their CEO. Um, and then the final customer. So I'm just uh, 
huge shout out to all of these brilliant people. Right. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute honor to work with you every day. Um, is Oceanworks. And um, Oceanworks is going around to multiple different areas of the world, and they're collecting ocean-bound plastics. Um, so before it hits the ocean, right, they have all of right. these different vendors that they're working with to collect these plastics before they hit the ocean, melt it down to a, or grind it down to a pellet form, and then um, be able to sell it to other uh, customers around the world. So four customer or four partners there that I, I uh, really, really admire um, everything that they're doing. So what's really, really funny, EJ, when you were going through all of that story, especially the iPad story, uh, I'm borderline ashamed to admit, but a part of me was like, I don't want his old iPad. I want my new iPad. Mm, so saying mm. that, you know, that speaks to the paradigm shift we need to be seeking out. There's, you know, all the way from consumers to companies, because mm. look, at the end of the day, we live in a consumer society. That's just the truth yeah. of the matter. Right. And, well, you know, this is all obviously led to Herculean environment repercussions. You know, we cannot be thinking that way anymore. So, you know, there are things like plastics in the ocean, you know, dumping of pollutants on land or global emissions. All these things are also stark realities. So having said all that, individuals and companies are used to doing things a certain way. They chase the bottom line, which may, you know, put the environmental initiatives on a back burner, right? Because we live in a system which says, show me the money. Mm. So. My first question to you is, what are some of the objections, perhaps skepticism, maybe even disinterest that you have come across personally, professionally? And secondly, how can we bring about this paradigm shift? Mm, yeah, yeah, that is a awesome, awesome question. Um, starting with the asset use case, right? Because um, this is really important. <clears throat> Customers now are starting to put out initiatives of how we will get to zero waste by this date, right? Because carbon emissions is a, a pretty complex thing to, track, uh, to to tackle and track. But if they can reduce their waste, that's a great way to segue into reduction of carbon emissions. Um, so instead of me throwing away that uh, iPad that I just have, um, we have to first, you know, see there's still value in this pre-loved iPad. I understand, you know, the consumerist <laughs> right. society and there's, there's economic models that can change that from a more performance as a service based model uh, for that iPad. However, let's say you don't want to purchase it. That's fine. Um, what we can do is take this sum of collection of different iPads and electronics, and we can then connect with our local schools or yes. um, nonprofit organizations, right? I live um, in a in a neighborhood in Denver where I would love to give all of this to to the local schools that don't really have the opportunity to get access to new technology. Um, so I, I see that as a great opportunity. Now back to your original question of how you know, what is the skepticism, right? The skepticism is I'm not paying more money for, uh, 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 I'm not paying more money for a recycled material. How, how is it going to last? How, why would I pay that? Well, right. when you see the dollar amount of the specific material, sure. Um, if it, if there's a difference in price, you know, of buying virgin plastic versus recycled plastic, um, upfront, right. That's that, that makes, I understand, but 
if you have a marketplace, a sustainability marketplace that is able to bring in a pricing algorithm that brings together your local extender producer responsibility fees, the carbon taxes that are tied to it, and also show you the capabilities to claim carbon credits on this. Now we look down the road or or at, at at the point of purchase, and you're able to see a side-by-side comparison of you're actually saving money by purchasing this recycled material now because governments are beginning to act. Um, So that that sort of solves that problem Um, uh, and and really helps from a a plastics perspective. Now um, there's disposal costs. There's these uh, different waste fees that are applied to companies as well. we also have the capability and the intelligence in the system to highlight that and show right. you that you're actually saving it by selling um, uh, into the platform. Um, and speaking of selling, right? Take your waste, take your assets. Let's say you know it's a data center or construction projects, and instead of discarding those and throwing those away into a landfill, sell it through the platform now and bring in new revenue generating streams. This is a new concept, um, but something I'm really excited about because this is what the platform really brings. Because when you think of the sustainability marketplace or any marketplace or any mm-hmm. even type of ordering right. system today, it's, it's built for one thing and that is to buy, right? Produce, buy, produce, buy, 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 buy. Now let's influence and build a marketplace for the circular economy to sell waste or what used to be seen as waste to sell these valuated assets and inventory through the marketplace. So now you're getting more money. And like I said, um, there are companies that have been doing this for for years. You know, Lexmark, uh, they uh, have set up a system where their consumers sell back um, and send back their printer cartridges to Lexmark. Brilliant business model. uh, automotive company. I'm going to be careful and not say their name, but they've been use, using this process and generating billions of dollars through it, I believe. Um, so this, this process has been happening. It's just a lot of companies don't have the technology embedded to truly influence a circular um, uh, footprint or a circular process within their company. And that's the value that we can bring to help you identify these costs up front and move towards more innovative uh, business processes. Now, you know, I have alluded to us being millennials, us being, you know, the younger generation, 90s kids, a lot during Mm -hmm. this podcast. And I can really, really imagine at least one listener thinking that, oh my God, here they come with their metallic (laughs) straws and multiple (laughs) use water bottles, thinking that they're going to save the world with this stuff. And the reason I bring that up, EJ, is that traditionally, the way sustainability is dis- discussed, right? It carries a little bit of privilege around it, right? Mm. What I mean by that is emerging economies face a plethora of dilemmas when it comes to sustainability. For instance, environmental stewardship, right? It becomes much harder when you don't even have access to recycling. How am I supposed yeah. to recycle when there is no recycling, right? So, and there are other systemic gaps which exist, which uh, form, which really you know impact how sustainability can be spoken about. So, how does SAP help bridge this gap, and perhaps how does your solution uh, help bridge the gap? Yeah, so I, I phenomenal question, by the way. Um, I mentioned the projects we're working on in Ghana, 
right? right. Enabling these uh, people that are um, don't have access to you know mm. uh, certain technologies, but they have a phone or right. the people the way the where they're bringing the waste to, they have a phone where they can register and and properly um, uh, pay out these waste collectors. So we, we this project is validated. It's public. It's th- that we're working on in Ghana, and it's absolutely incredible to see the impact we're making on these lesser developed countries. And what we're doing now is rolling this out to Vietnam, the same model to Vietnam and to Indonesia. So now there's a strong, strong incentive to start collecting this waste. Like if you've seen, I know you've seen images of Indonesia and the oceans, it's crazy, right? So now when there's a financial incentive, because like you said earlier, show me the money. Now there's a way to help these um, particular individuals um, get paid on collecting these plastics and make a difference. Uh, the, The craziest thing is that, you know, you look at some of these big CPG companies there is a huge demand right. for recycled plastics. And then you go and see all the work that these waste collectors are doing in Ghana and Vietnam and in Indonesia, and then, you know, selling it to a uh, uh, ocean works. There's this huge supply and, and that blew my mind. Right. Um, there, the, it's all there. The middle right. is connecting it through a marketplace, through a true ecosystem. Um, so, I truly, truly want to make a difference in these um, uh, developing countries. And I think this is a great stepping stone. So, EJ, you just spoke about how the marketplace is a connector. And perhaps our listeners who are perhaps there are some customers out there, some partners out there who are like, wait a minute, I want to get connected to EJ and I want to know more about the marketplace. How can our listeners find more about you as well as the marketplace? Yeah, um, I would say we would start with uh, my email address, um, <laughs> Edward Kosick, K O S E C, at sap.com. Um, as well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, and then from there, right, uh, we do have a circular economy team um, that you can also contact. Uh, so all of that will be provided. I, I believe we will do a LinkedIn post after this, correct, Akshi? So yes. you'll have access to my LinkedIn um, and we'll be able to uh, connect from there. Uh, and, and if you're an existing SAP customer, please just connect with your uh, representative and they'll connect with me. Absolutely. I'll, I would be adding all of that information down in the description of the podcast that you're watching on, as well as a LinkedIn post. And EJ's email is edward.kosek at sap.com. Did I so, miss the dot? You'd miss the dot. Uh, thank but, you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, it was wonderful, wonderful mm. having you here today. Any any parting thoughts? Um, just when, just, yeah, I guess two things. And thank you so much for having me. This is awesome opportunity. Um, and, and you're, you're an incredible rock star in this company. So it's great to see you, uh, giving people a, a voice on your platform to, to speak about these, um, important topics. Um, one thing is the future and what we're looking at, right. With the sustainability marketplace, I mentioned how many different, uh, industries and and companies and governments and NGOs and um, even down to waste collectors in Ghana that we're bringing together. The future is looking incredible. And one thing that I'm really excited about is circular cities. Um, And we will 
be talking about this a lot more in the future here, but how can we influence this circular cycle with cities to allow something like, say, waste management to be fully circular and and on our platform to sell to a CPG within a localized area? Um, to manage big events, right, uh, at at local ballparks or um, basketball arenas or concert venues to take that waste and, and then sell it and, and be resold and recreated into a new product. Um, so the future is looking extremely bright, and it's all because of the power of SAP and our, our business network. Um, the second piece is, uh, if, if you didn't know about the circular economy, to please look into it. Um, even, I mean, especially if you're a millennial and Gen Z looking for, you know, something new to work on or move towards, I truly believe there's this massive green wave of innovation coming across the world. And once you get deep into it, it is so, so incredible and um, uh, life-changing. Uh, and you start changing your personal habits um, mm-hmm. around the house and everything. So, um, but not just, you know, beyond just those two generations, uh, right? Everyone should look into the circular economy because it truly is the future. Um, we're seeing uh, the Biden administration start speaking about it a lot more um, and multiple other governments around the world start pushing for it. So uh, just encourage, encouraging uh, to see how many people and, and how many innovators are starting to come together to make this a reality. Very, very well said, EJ. Everybody should be looking into circular economy. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> over because uh, I love that you touched upon that it's no longer just about bottom line. It's also about that green line. So learn more about circular economy and let's impact that green line. With that, this is Akshi and EJ signing off from SAP Experts Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>